so we're here. Here we are. Loving every minute of it. You have to enjoy at least a little bit every day. Yeah. It's good for you. Yeah, I, I've been doing some of that. Yeah. It's tough sometimes. It is. It, it, Ray, it is. Yeah. But, uh, you know. Try and find your joy, people. Listeners, sorry, not just people. I, I just found a tiny, tiny bit of joy in some very stale sour raisin snacks. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Uh, but that joy is, was fleeting. Yeah, those are those are good. Yeah, yeah. They certainly have a um, a way about them. Yeah. I don't know what it is. So yeah, we're here. We are here, and we're talking about hair this week. I know. Which I don't have any of, and you have plenty of. Yeah, uh, you know, there's. I'd still like more. <laughs> we, I'd give it all up for a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Mr. Burns. Um, yeah, sure. No, of course. Because who wouldn't want just a little bit more? <laughs> yeah. Dig it. Yeah. So we're talking about hair. Hair. That's what you're saying. Yeah. All right. Hair today, gone tomorrow. All I think those is what we'll things. call this one, maybe. This this episode will be sheer delight. So <laughs> nice. people are going to hang up. Go. What is your first one? Uh, I'm going to go with let your hair down. I'm going to let my hair down. Ah. Oh. I'm going to let... I'm going to let my hair down. My hair down. Right. Or okay. let your hair down. I do when I get home at night. And, of course... Right. Yeah. Exactly. Or out. Sure. Yeah. And you may not be shocked to find that this does have a literal origin. <laughs> I'm not shocked at all, but... No. I'm intrigued. <laughs> uh, this idiom dates back to the 1600s, is where we seem to spend a great deal of our time... On this show, yeah, especially with Mr. Peppy's being one of our benefactors, way, um, and the Billy Shakes, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, the sixteen hundreds uh, when upper class folk, uh, generally women, um, wore their hair in extremely elaborate hairdos. Remember when um, to when I did big wig that yes. episode, and also we talked about it in commode. Sort right. of. We touched upon it in commode because it means wig stand, we found out. Yes, it did um, at one point of the evolution. Yeah, and they talked about these giant elaborate wigs, which required scaffolding and like people to work on them and maintain them and the crew pit crews to be out there to change them out, whatever they needed on the fly. Um, so much work. Yeah. <laughs> and it seems like, so th- obviously the wigs existed and you could just take the wig off. But some folks actually did their hair up with these elaborate schemes, scaffoldings, flowers, feathers, fanciness, as I like to say. They're real um, hair. They're real hair. Yeah. Um, or sometimes, um, you know, mixed together somewhat. We and, still do that today. Right. And they could get very tall, as tall as two feet, I saw. Oh, two feet is a lot. Um, got doorways and stuff. Right. <laughs> Cars, so, like getting in the car. <laughs> carriage. Carriage yeah, then, sure. Sure. Yeah. You think they had, yeah, they had to duck. There was no wig. I mean, this is where arch, where we had arched doorways. You can look into that. Oh. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's an idea. It's a thought. Um, <laughs> anyway. So imagine wearing this, uh, you know, two foot wig, or not wig, two foot hair thing with feathers and flowers and, and loveliness, I'd imagine, uh, and, and possibly. You know, disease and other things. And heaviness. Heaviness, right, all day. 
Uh, and when you got home, you would probably want to let that all down and relax for the evening. Way. So, yeah. During the 1600s, the act of letting one's hair down was called disheveling. Oh. Yeah, this is a, this is a bonus. Yeah. Dishevel, 1600, 1655, uh, the English treasury of wit and language. <laughs> Disheveler, to dishevel, to put the hair about the ears. This word, dishevel. Really? Yeah, you would come home and you would let your hair down by disheveling. So we say dishevel and we pretty much mean like you're, you're unkempt, you're, you're sort of a mess. Yeah. Now. Yes. So did it did it really mean that, or was it just an un? Your hair was shoveled. Yeah. And now I unshoveled. Yes. Uh, it goes. I, I I went in for this one because um, we're here. So uh, it comes from chevu, uh, French means hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. So to dishevel means to de your hair to let your hair down, <laughs> pull the hair about the ears. <laughs> Man. Um, so this. Dishevel then opens the door for this phrase, uh, let your back hair down. My who now? Your back hair. I hope I don't have enough of that to let down. And it's it's funny and it makes you giggle, but they mean like the rear of your hair. You know what I mean? Not, back not of your actual head. right, not the actual I mean, I was chuckling as I'm wont to do through this whole thing, reading let your back hair down. I'm like, yeah, I I would love to. <laughs> um I've I've gotten laser treatments, but still, still, um, yeah, you need more. Um, yes, so let your back hair down. Um, it almost kind of has this phrase of uh, crazy, not relaxed, mm. more wild, if you will. Uh. In eighteen forty-seven, she become crazy, despise despises her paternal parent, lets her back hair down, and runs around in a nightgown. Why do crazy women in operas always let their back hair down? This is a review of an opera, which, wow, I'm sorry, listeners, I did not write down which opera. You know. Yeah, 1847 review of an opera. There was some drama in it, and somebody somebody might have died, <laughs> some screaming. They're singing. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the earliest uses of this back hair really kind of do start out in the crazy, and then also simultaneously used to mean uh, confide in. You know well, that I mean? doesn't make sense. I know. To confide in or to tell secrets to uh, rather than physically relax, as we kind of have taken it to today. 1925. Helen and I have just had a grand heart-to-heart. We've undone our back hair. <laughs> 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 yes. Wow. Because you're comfortable and you, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as soon as I get comfortable, that's the first thing I'll do. Yes. Um, and that was 1925. And then 1933, even in the, it sounds like we keep using back hair and also just hair down simultaneously, even through um, the 50s, it seems like. But right around the 50s, we drop the the back <laughs> part. Yeah. And in into the 1960s, uh, we're saying, let your hair down, but... Uh, let your back hair down still creeps up in there. I've never heard that. <laughs> I've also never heard the let your back hair down. Um, but yeah, so uh, I've let my hair down all the way to the floor and it's gone somewhere. Yeah, it's gone. that means 
you're relaxed. Yeah, I've relaxed into the end. All right. <laughs> well, that was riveting. Yeah, two-parter. We got some dishevel in there. As yeah, well. the dishevel was actually a really fun bonus. Yeah. What do you have for your haircuts? Well, I'll tell you. I have a mustache. Ah. Uh-huh. Mustache, you a question. Hair or bristles about the mouth of a mammal. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I like that one yeah. a lot. It, okay, it doesn't... Okay. Yeah. There's more. Okay. I mean, you get... The, I, I just sure. really like that one. Yes. The hair growing on the human upper lip especially, especially is what you got to pay attention to. Such hair grown and often trimmed in a particular style. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, the handlebar. Well, all of these things, sure. right? Yeah, like the Sam Elliott. Yeah. So the mustache, as it turns out, and one of the only parts that really is is nutty to me to think about is back in the Neolithic times. Yes. Uh, there, there's a statue, uh, 2500 BC, of a guy with a, uh, what you call there, mustache. I guess shaving with razors made from stones mm-hmm. was possible at that time to boot yeah what in the hell man <laughs> like what would that Theoretically, be like i mean you could sharpen it to to a razor's edge i guess people polished yeah and uh, then is there any I, kind of goo around you I mean, could use a salve what do you think that, you what know, are you reaching for i don't know just i mean you're there what do you think like you try to find some like mm. grass rub it on there i don't know yeah mud Water? mud maybe yeah I could see that. Yeah. But you'd be dry and like really, I mean. <laughs> yeah, you would just screw it. I'm going to be hairy. Are we so vain? <laughs> well, you know, there's something about it. Yeah. So, because first, you know, it was like 400 AD, these um, stone sculptures. Start showing up with mustaches. Yeah, with uh, mustaches. Yeah. Uh, well, 500 BC, there there was there was business to Iron Age references and then... Uh, and then, yeah, like I say, 400 A.D., up to the Middle Ages, Edward of Wales was uh, was uh, famous for a crazy mustache. Medieval stuff, you know, on through there. So mustaches were prominent. Normal. Yeah. Facial accessory. Right. All right. This is my face. Yeah. This is my face with mm-hmm. hair just yeah, in just this here. section. Just right here. Yeah. What do you think? Is it sculpture worthy? I liked my mustache when I grew a mustache. I, you know, I don't, I don't know what you call what I do with my facial hair. <laughs> it's not really a goatee. It's just like a, uh, you know, lazy guy's goatee. <laughs> I shave every couple of days. Yeah, <laughs> during COVID, I mean, what the heck? <laughs> so the mustaches, you know, they say they peaked mm. in the 1880s or oh, so. Okay. But I, I question this source, and if this source was was uh, actually written before, let's say Williamsburg, New York, ten years yeah. ago, I don't know if we if we did. Right, but, we have the most up to date statistics. But I guess those folk in the eighteen eighties and and nineties, et cetera, had we probably had more mustaches back then than our current little trendy wave that we've had recently it just seems like extra work to get the mustache and not the beard you know yeah yeah i mean to do it right you're still you, you have to shave all the other stuff right. and then you have to co right. 
the mustache. Sure. Uh, Into the handlebar. Not, yeah. Or the Sam Elliott, which I think is a style. <laughs> I mean, I think it has a name before <laughs> Sam Elliott, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> I'll tell you what. The fake one I'm wearing or you're wearing yeah. in our things are close by to it in yeah. our whole nine yards picture. Our, our shots, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that mustache. So uh, also, you know, I have to note that a uh, number of things came up about, you know, its significance in various religions. There are mm. religions mm-hmm. where you have it and it means something. There are religions where you don't have it. You want to not have it. Mm-hmm. You want to have a beard and no mustache or mm-hmm. the mustache means this or that. It, it, it's really uh, overwhelming to go into and, you know, people will assign meaning or meaning from their mm-hmm. beliefs are assigned to it lots of different ways yeah. so uh it do, it does end up with significance in religion is my point gotcha there's also a, a strange point in the history of the mustache that happened with the british raj in uh india mm-hmm. yeah that was 1800s it's funny like uh, the brits were there and they and they had this army made up of Indian men. And the Indian men, they believed in, in the big mustache and the big mustache being, um, you know, with some of the virility and, and hmm. mm-hmm. machismo and stuff. Gotcha. The Brits, who were supposed to be their commanding officers, were clean shaven. So the soldiers would just make fun of them and go, <laughs> you can't, you're not, you can't possibly tell me what to do. You don't have any Where's facial hair. Yeah. <laughs> And so the Brits had the British officers had to grow facial hair. It's funny. <laughs> I can't listen to you. Where's your mustache? Yeah, we can't work here. There's no, no lights. lights. <laughs> <laughs> so, what what happened? I'm going to tell you. All right. Um, but the actual reality of of that idea. Um, you know, has has gone back and forth, but science says um, there's varying levels of androgen, which they're shown through different thicknesses and allotments of facial yeah. hair in the, in the mustaches, does not really necessarily correlate to testosterone or virility, although yeah. it may indicate your ability to uh, propagate uh, a hairier baby. <laughs> Swarthy babies. Yeah. <laughs> this baby is just a ball of hair. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, <laughs> uh, it turns out that. I was one of those children. Sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> did I say, I didn't mean sure. I just No, meant, you're fine. No. Um, but, you know, the word mustache just has this history there is no great mystery it just has history there's no mystery yeah um the one thing i came up with too you know or a couple of things there were these um there were coffee cups teacups that had um, mustache yes wow what the hell i have seen these like protectors or whatever right it keeps this your mustache from getting in the cup and getting stuff on your face, right? That's right. I'm not trying to steal your thunder. <laughs> no, I was no, no, excited. there's no thunder to be had. Okay. Um, 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 <laughs> I was like, yes. They're called mustache cups. <laughs> nice. And to me, they're pretty gross. But so imagine a coffee cup yeah. or a tea cup, you know, and then about the first 
fifth of it has this little <laughs> bar across <laughs> it of more ceramic, and it's usually sort of shaped inversely like a mustache. Mm-hmm. But there's a little sippy hole under it <laughs> along the rim, like you might get in one of those car coffee things. Yes. And then the rest of the thing is free. So I guess you like tucked your hairs over it and then you can enjoy through the sippy hole and then pull it out. Wait, what? You're not uh, tucking I, your hair into the mustache. You're just using it to hold the mustache back. Well, why, why? What's the point of that? So you don't get mustache in your cup. Or, well, you're still then whatever. you're still then drinking through the hairs of your mustache because then it's going to be down in the thing. Plus, they're called mustache lifters. So you, why would they be called a mustache that? lifter? Wow, yeah, I, I didn't think that's how they worked. I mean, wow. I'm not a hundred percent myself, but I looked at them and then I researched mustache cups huh, yeah. and mustache lifters. And when I researched mustache lifters. Pictures of mustache cups came out. <laughs> that is not what I thought how they worked. Yeah. Nice. You like put your hair over, over it, it and that thing divides your your actual face with your hair. Okay. So if you have a full cup, it doesn't mean that your hairs aren't hanging no. in your cup. It, right. You, I mean, it's gross either way. Yeah, just... Huh. Use I mean, a straw. I know. I think just a straw. That's that's, that's the solution. I, mean, I know point. what they were trying to fix because again, when you have it, you're like, yeah, you get the, 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 the drips or whatever. I wonder if they invented that and considered the problem solved. I, that's how we work, like the pizza cutter. I I mean, I question that problem being solved with that cup. but Like, yeah, it's fine. There they are. And, and you, our good friend listener, can hop on eBay or somewhere else and buy one of these cups for 5 to $20. Huh. Sure. I think I'm going to have to see how this lifter action works. Yeah. Nice. Um, you know, it, it seems to have started uh, as a word way back from some old, old Greek, okay? Okay. Uh, mystax, uh, mystakos, uh, which which actually has history uh, of meaning jaws or mouth, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and some bit about chewing. And then also other roots of the word mend, have have relations to mandible. Mm-hmm. I was uh, yeah, okay when you said the Greek thing. I was curious. Yeah, yeah. And then your your regular uh, uh, Italian and uh, and French mustachio, mustachium, and those sorts of words were in its path to mm-hmm. where we have now uh, commonly accepted but Westernized mustache. Um, another thing that came up that had a little bit of confusion about it was uh, mustache and mustaches. Mustaches uh, comes up uh, when you dig around in older stuff and you say mustaches. Um, There were a couple of uh, rationale and and trickles into etymology that suggested that uh, at one point the word meant hair on either side of the lip, which would be that little... Soul patch. Tuft, yeah. Uh, or perhaps even your beard, because there are elements of it. Right. If you can grow one right up under the lip. Yeah. No, but I mean, there are elements of the etymology that could, that, oh. that sort of hinted at that as right. well. Gotcha. Um, but there are also plenty of examples of, uh, and this is strange, but the left side <laughs> and the right side, not kidding. Nice. Um, of this are your mustache 
So you ha- you could have a left and a right mustache, and those are your mustaches. Nice. I mean that. Uh, I'm just telling you what I learned. So you could have two different mustache styles, and like, yeah, my left mustache is doing this. Yeah. Am or right? in one example, uh, a fellow for a patriotic parade painted his different colors on different sides. So he he painted his mustaches. His right. Wow. Huh. But really, the word just has history, it, no mystery, as I said. <laughs> <laughs> so it just kind of has an M mandible kind of way about yeah, it? Yeah, back from, back from the Greeks, back yeah. when, like, whenever they decided, you know, we should call this thing something. Yeah. And then, yeah, it was, it was uh, hair about your mandible, and then, <laughs> that's your mandible? No, it's just hair about your mandible, that's just hair. There, in mm-hmm. that spot. Yeah. So yeah, that made its evolution uh yeah. like that. Mustache. Bob's your uncle. Well, we have to find out. Someone write in let us know what the Sam Elliott is really called. If it's called anything. Yeah. It's fantastic. I yeah. Yeah. Plus he's in that movie with the dude. Yeah. <laughs> so while we put on our fake mustaches, you can listen to some ads. Is that right? Allswell believes in the power of a good night's sleep for all. Their products feature innovative technology and unbelievable comfort and support without deflating your wallet. Combining the best of both worlds, the Allswell features hybrid mattress technology with memory foam and individually wrapped coils. For a winning blend of comfort and support, follow the link in the show notes for financing as low as 0%, a 100-night risk-free trial, free shipping and returns, and a 10-year limited warranty. Designed to make good sleep accessible to all. Real luxury, unreal prices. Allswellhome.com. Whole Nine Yards is sponsored by the Roberto Clemente Museum. Located in a restored engine house in Pittsburgh's revitalized Lawrenceville neighborhood, the Clemente Museum is a showcase of the largest exhibited collection of baseball artifacts, works of art, literature, photographs, and memorabilia related to Roberto Clemente and his life in baseball. Shop the store for clothing and other items featuring the iconic 21 logo and purchase tour tickets for the museum at clemenemuseum.com. Enter promo code W9Y21 for a 10% discount on hats and tees. That's clemenemuseum.com, promo code W9Y21. Whole Nine Yards is sponsored by Big Science Music. Big Science Music is a can and one show award-winning original music and sound boutique, providing scoring, sound design, radio, podcast, and audio post-production services for the advertising, film, and video industries. Big Science Music also offers ADR, casting, and project management. Big Science Music's reels, full capabilities, and more can be found at bigsciencemusic.com. That's bigsciencemusic.com. And I, I hear tell we have some uh, new, uh, <laughs> it was like JFK there. <laughs> we have some new, Era. We get some new sponsors. That's the word I was oh, looking yes. for. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, coming up soon. Yes. Man, I am. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well. Yeah, what do you got? Hair's breadth. A hair's breadth. Buy a hair's breadth. Is there breadth. a D in there? B- yes, breadth. Ah. Yeah, it's hard to get it. Yeah. Breadth. Yeah, it's hard to say that. Yes. But, um, I, now, I don't say this. No. And I. Uh, so far, my informal polling has resulted in zero folks. Zero folks saying it. <laughs> but hey, do you say informal. a hair's breath? 
What? Very informal. All right, but 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 someone did does or used to so uh, much so that there was a comic book character, not comic book, comic strip character named Hairbreadth Harry. Wow, imagine something just fading into nothing out of something. Yeah. A thing like that. I mean, that's that's kind of what we're doing. Yeah. Yes. Uh but let me let me go back. Hair's breadth, hair breadth, one word, hair's breadth, two words, by a hair's breadth, several words, um, come across to mean very close, to make or miss narrowly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Wait. What? To make or miss, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you make yeah, it. Yeah. It's like by an ant's nylash, by a gnat's eyelash. By an ant's nylash, yeah. Gnat's eyelash, By an ant's nylash. There it is. Um, so our friend Hair Breath Harry, comic strip, Starts out in 1906 in the Philadelphia Press, created by a cartoonist Charles William Cales. The comic was introduced as uh, Our Hero's Hairbreadth Escapes, like as a title. Our Hero's Hairbreadth Escapes. Ba-ba! Uh, and then a few months later, the title changed to Hairbreadth Harry, the Boy Hero. Ah, uh, it evolved that storyline a little. Yes. This uh, info all comes from Tunopedia.com. Um, Apparently, Hairbreath Harry was, it's, he made it sound like the first comic strip to use tropes of a tuxedo mustached villain and a damsel in distress kind of thing mm-hmm. in the comic strip. Um, I don't believe in any other medium, but I think in a comic strip, it sounds like, uh, in the 1900s. Those villains always have those waxed corners. You, that's what I mean. Yeah, you got to be you got to be curling the mustache wax into the handlebar while you <laughs> laugh, you know, hysterically as you wait for the train to come and run the damsel over. Right. If if Snidely Whiplash has taught me anything, this is what he's taught you. Yeah, Harry had a long career in media. It sounds like, like comic strips, other comic strips, some silent movies. Why don't we know about him? I mean, I'm telling you about him now. But I mean, until now. I think that's just a failure on us individually. All right, you're right. The information is there. Yeah. <laughs> we, we didn't have it. Um, but I digress. Like we said, no one uses this phrase. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sure someone does. Yeah. Um, this is a, was, is a formal unit of measure equal to one forty-eighth of an inch one sixth of a barley corn in oh, England. Come on. <laughs> yes. And a forty eighth. A forty eighth of an inch. Of an inch one on. sixth of a barley corn. That's like, you know, those people that measure like those they, you ever see those? What the hell is that thing called? There's like little fine pieces of metal and one's just the tiniest bit thicker than the other and they're all on Micrometers. This little Okay then yeah. Is that what you're saying? Or? I don't know what it's called. Yeah, it's like a little caliper. You kind of slide to. It's it like folds up like an Allen wrench, but it fold, but it's like the, all those little flat pieces of metal, you know. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Those are, I think I know what you're talking about. But anyway. Anyway. I digressed you twice now. Yeah no, we're digressing all over the place here. Um, I believe, the standard unit for a hair's width now is seventy five nanometers. Hair's breadth. Hair's breadth. <laughs> um, but wow, yeah, the sixth of barley corn. Um. So, but that's that was just what it was in England. But we, as human species, we share basically the same characteristics and hopes and dreams. So, a hair's breadth is pretty much generally accepted as the smallest measurement across our species in all languages and cultures. As as you'd not be surprised, probably. No, not at all. Because we can all get our hands on one of those. 
yeah, the measurement is said to be used back in ancient, ancient times. Um, but the hair breadth, one word with the D, um, is recorded as early as the 1400s, which is the century after English King Edward II standardized the size of an inch to three grains of barley placed in a row. Because barley's always the exact same. The grains of barley. The, uh, yeah, or prior to that, an inch uh, historically had been the width of a man's thumb. Just any man you find. Yeah. Yeah. Come here, you. I mean, it, hey, Mr. Big Thumbs. It's like the the barley, I don't know, like, you know, like it's, it's also one of those, what a time to be alive, but but you get it, that we're we're using things that hopefully everyone can at least get a sense of size-wise, <laughs> since we didn't have the tools to measure the circumference of the globe and then divide that down into centimeters oh, at the time. Yeah, no, we got nothing. Yeah, so like I, like I... I get it. We're shaving with rocks. I'm going to chuckle at it, but they're like, yeah, this is what we got. We got three three grains of barley. I don't know. What do you got? (laughs) This phrase, though, if if one could say it made its way into popular usage uh, of language and not just in measurements and scales, uh, one could make the argument that Shakespeare maybe coined the phrase, uh, specifically coined the phrase, hair breadth escape, I guess. That is accurate. Referring to, you know, there were two, I saw in the immediate hairbreadth escape, as in a narrow escape, is what I, I saw. And then someone said that he, he may be using it to mean hair raising. Oh, come on. Escape? I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I saw that. So I'm, I'm, I'm going with it narrow. Uh, it's Othello, Act 1, Scene 3. Othello is telling his friends how he, he, he loved, he, wow, he won the love of Desdemona. Uh, and he's talking about how he did it and he's saying that i was talking to her father and telling him stories about all my my travels and my escapades and my hairbreadth escapes the um and she would be off in the distance listening and i knew she was interested in the stories i was telling essentially but yeah someone said that he he may be saying hair raising but i think the the text means Narrow escapes is just as as exciting. To the very moment that he bade me tell it, wherein I spoke of most disastrous chances of moving accidents by flood and field, of hairbreadth escapes, then I immediately deadly breach. So yeah, like quick escapes that you... um, Not immediately. Immediately deadly breach. No, yeah. 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 So I I think, I'm just saying that someone postulated. Well, I could postulate elsewhere. Yeah. (laughs) Um... And then no one says it again for hundreds of years. No, uh, 1749, I have a quote, um, Henry Field, Fielding, the history of Tom Jones, a foundling. <laughs> In short, these kind of hairbreadth missings of happiness look like insults of fortune, who may be considered as thus playing tricks with us and wantonly diverting herself at our expense. This is the pussycat guy? Henry Fielding? Tom Jones. Tom Jones, the history of Tom Jones, yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is, this. he's talking about Tom Jones. Yeah. Or Sex Bomb, whichever one. All right. Um, but just that hair breath. So, you know, it's it's used in, in literature. And, uh, yeah, but I I personally have not used it. Never for me. And we can thank Shakespeare for getting it into our common language and out of just general weights and measures. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be a use for this. Yeah. You know, a narrow escape, a hair breath. I mean, it, you know, it's not a, not a giant leap. No, not at all. But yeah. And, and you got to be clever with the language to keep the people enthralled. It keeps you listening and keeps you like, wait, what? And then you're like, oh, that was, that was nice. I like that story. That was a nice turn of the tongue. Yes. Nice. I know. So I 
narrowly am escaping out of this one. Narrowly indeed. <laughs> I mean, that's one of those rare ones like Hornswoggle. <laughs> yes. You know, you go, who, who says this? Someone. But someone used to say yeah. it, and someone across this globe in our listenership may still say it. Yeah, sure. Say say whatever makes you happy. Say, say, say. <laughs> That's something else. Yeah. What do you have? I thought you'd ask. I did. Just you a just did, yeah. Yes. I have by the short hairs. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know... By the short hairs is simple, mm. but has a twist. Okay. Because uh, <laughs> when you start digging among all of the uh, research vehicles that we generally turn to, yeah. your OEDs, etc., mm -hmm. what you find in a lot of them takes you back no further than 1890 to uh, Rudyard Kipling's mm. Indian Tales. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And in this Indian tales, they say, hey, both of my heroines take us to the British Army yeah. in India. Yeah, yeah. Go figure. Huh. I know. <laughs> they use it, or he uses it, okay, in a scenario where it is quite clear and explained quite clearly. Okay. Like he's defining it, you're saying? Well, um, he's defining just... it as the hairs of the neck. Oh, okay. So. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, up my back, on in my boots, on in the short hair of the neck. Oh. That's where I kept my eyes, uh, blah, blah, blah. So, <laughs> and so forth. And so, okay. so forth. But the, uh, it's, it's the neck hairs, though. Yeah. Um, you know, some, sometimes you get some lexicographers, I think they're, I, I think they're Puritans or something. <laughs> like, so, uh. I wouldn't be surprised. So kind of um, aghast for the sense of vulgarity. So wait, that's vulgar. No. Okay. But so so by the 1930s, um, this gal Dorothy Sayers was a novelist, and she used it in uh, a couple of instances, and it clearly meant um, your uh, you know your private area hairs. Pubic hair. I think we can say pubic hair. All right, we'll say that. I feel like we can say pubic hair. I feel like it too. Yeah. So we're all friends here. Yeah. In 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 any event, if there's any confusion about it, regardless of, of what you're grasping on, <laughs> it clearly means, you know, because like I have uh, longer hair and wear it in a ponytail a lot. So that's a long that's long hair. Your if long somebody hair. grabbed me by my ponytail, I I could pretty much roundhouse them <laughs> and get them off of me. Nice. But if they're that close to you that they yeah. sort of have you in control by those hairs. Sure. You're kind of entwined there in a fight or something. They got you. There's a there's a level of intimacy there, and that's tough to break. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. So just to clear that up in case in case I hadn't really set up like why what that there's you know got them by the wool. There's there's different references mm. to it as to uh, different uses for it, and and so even hair of your chest. Uh, right. If if you were rude and mean and and tried to indeed pull a sheep around, but I mean it's really tight and close, right? Yeah. But mm. I got out the big old dusty somewhere in these old dusty law books. A good idea got lost. <laughs> um, I got out 
the shovel and dug yeah. back. All right. And oh, contraire, Mr. Puritan lexicographer, ah, nice. who wants me to say it was Rudyard Kipling first. Yeah. And and then and then we degraded it. But that is not true. By being perverts. Yeah, all right, nice. There's a dictionary in 1861 uh, of slang terms that specifically defines it as uh, scrotilla. <laughs> Scrotum hairs. Right? Yeah, okay, yeah. So... Uh, and that's pre... Eight, yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 30 wow. years. Yeah. So it was actually Rudyard Kipling who turned it around and tried to clean it up for use in a more mainstream novel. Yeah. Um, because uses up until then, including some Mark Twain, which you know he wasn't going to be polite. No. And with the Samuel Pepys and my friend Mike's book, I have not cracked Mark Twain yet, but it's sitting there. Nice. I I've got it where the short hair is short, I think. <laughs> yeah. So... Where the horror is short. What a cursed <laughs> fool I've been. Um, so nice. <laughs> these kind of refer to really having you and wink at. Yeah, we mean, I mean, think what yeah, you want to think. Sure. If you, you know, wherever the hair is short. Even some of that inner thigh hair. Gee, that would hurt. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> I mean, the back of the neck hair would also hurt. I'm not saying he's not, you know, sure. But different. You could like yeah, different. Like you said, yeah. You just roundhouse kick someone. Yeah, you get a good elbow into them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but really, then beyond that, it after the 1930 gal uh, turned it back around, it's sort of been implied as as pubic hairs are back around. But clearly, it's 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 meaning, and we don't have it before 1861. Where, however. Mm. Uh, this uh, Chapman's Dictionary uh, defined it in 1861. There are not printed documentation of it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, so slang of the day. Some dictionary writer was just uh, had their ear to the. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. And and it's not to be sourced back further. Yeah. But that's uh, that's what that is. Nice. Uh huh. It's always what we thought it was. By the short hairs. <laughs> and and I'm going to top off my little talk about hair yeah. with uh, with a listener thought. Oh, nice. Listener thought. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. What you got? Well, a gal from Texas, Alex, nice. wrote us there, and she loves us guys. I absolutely love you guys, she said. <laughs> Which, how, can, how can you not love that? That's... Thank you very much. <laughs> it gets better yet. Oh, my. Yeah, that's why I'm reading this one, not that guy that cursed me out. Um, <laughs> I have listened to every episode, and wow. at night, I sleep to the podcasts. Your voice, your voices are so calming. Wow. I know. I'm sorry that I snort and laugh so loudly if you're falling asleep. Thank you, Alex. Well, thank you very much. That was nice. Thank you. Thank you for such a fun and informative show, oh, she said. Wow. And then she also says that Texas has a million idioms. Well, send us in some yeah. that you haven't heard us do yet. Definitely. We have a big list, but we're always building. Thank you so much, Alex. That's awesome. Dig that. We appreciate you listening. If people were going to send in to us, how do they do that? They can send things to uh, Whole Nine Yards Pod on Twitter and Instagram and Reddit. And Whole Nine Yards Podcast on Facebook. Look at that. 
and even the hey you at whole9yards.org, but someone tells you that later. That's an email. Yeah, Rebecca yeah. will fill you in there. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. I I'm going to go home and let my hair down. I am going to think about regrowing my mustache, I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, probably not by tomorrow, but yeah. And summer's coming. Maybe wait till fall. Yeah. Yeah. It was a summer stash last time. I know, but it's hot, and then you get, you want to have more beer? It's all messy. <laughs> you got to get the mustache cups. Yeah. <laughs> all right, but I am Jay. And I'm Ray. And we're, we're not, not idioms. Whole Nine Yards is written, recorded, and produced by Big Science Pods. Learn more at whole9yards.org or contact Whole Nine Yards by emailing heyyou at whole9yards.org. That's heyyou at whole9yards.org. Whole Nine Yards theme music composed by Big Science Music. 